This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and lover of refreshing beverages. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, and secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365 with MXM Tune. On this day in 2012, Coca-Cola and Pepsi changed the recipes of their signature beverages after it became known that one of the chemicals in the soda was a carcinogen, a chemical that can cause cancer. Let's look back on how this went down. According to California law, businesses must provide warnings if their products contain a certain amount of cancer-causing chemicals. This law, Proposition 65, was passed in 1986, and since then, the state of California publishes a list of chemicals known to cause cancer every single year. This became a problem for companies like Coca-Cola and Pepsi in 2012, when it was discovered that 4-MEI, a chemical that gives sodas their caramel color, was added to the list. So these soda giants were presented with an ultimatum. Change their tried and true recipes or place a label on their packaging that warns consumers about potentially consuming carcinogens. Even though this law only applies in California, it would be costly and complicated to change the recipe just for beverages sold in one state. Now, if you drink Coke or Pepsi before 2012, don't worry. A spokesperson for the Food and Drug Administration told a reporter from The Guardian that you'd have to drink more than 1,000 cans a day to reach the quantity of 4-MEI that was linked to cancer in tests. Still, it would be naive to think that labeling a beverage as containing a carcinogen would be great for sales, even for sodas as beloved as Coke and Pepsi. And if you didn't notice a difference after the recipe was changed, there's also no need to worry. Everything you know is not a lie. Since 4-MEI mostly just affects the color of Coke and Pepsi, it wasn't too challenging for these companies to change their recipes while still holding on to their iconic tastes. As you may know from experience, some people feel pretty strongly about whether they prefer Coke or Pepsi. Personally, I didn't grow up drinking either one of them, so I don't have a real strong opinion one or the other way. Others can't tell the difference. In his book, Blink, Malcolm Gladwell wrote that Pepsi had more of a citrusy flavor, while Coke has a raisiny vanilla taste. When you really think about it, what does Coke even taste like, if not just Coke? If you find it hard to describe what Coke tastes like, you're not alone. It's not easy to put your finger on it. Like the lemon-lime taste of Sprite or the sweet orange flavor of Sunkist or Fanta, that's because the Coca-Cola recipe has been closely guarded and kept secret since its development in 1886. The Coca-Cola company's founder, Aza Candler, chose to keep the secret ingredients under wraps. This helped protect the company's intellectual property, but at the same time, it was a great marketing strategy. No one can resist the allure of a great secret. Over 100 years later, we still don't know the recipe for Coke. 
In a blind taste test between Coke and Pepsi, people are more likely to say they prefer Pepsi. This is because Pepsi is sweeter than Coke, and research shows that in taste tests of just a single sip of a drink, the sweeter the drink wins. Still, Coke continued to sell more than Pepsi ever did. Then, Pepsi launched a brilliant marketing scheme, the Pepsi Challenge. For decades, Pepsi has produced commercials that invite people to taste test the two sodas. Pepsi surpassed Coca-Cola in sales for the first time, so Coca-Cola released a drink called New Coke to drum up sales. It seemed that New Coke used a version of the Diet Coke formula, but sweetened it with high-fructose corn syrup. Coca-Cola devotees were furious. One man from Seattle named Gay Mullins even sued the company and started an organization called the Old Cola Drinkers of America. It was a fiasco, to say the least. So just 79 days later, Coca-Cola re-released their original drink as Coca-Cola Classic. Now, Coke sells better than Pepsi again, but New Coke made its mark on pop culture. In 2019, Coca-Cola collaborated with the Netflix show Stranger Things to bring the beverage back in a limited edition collector's pack. You would think that since Coke is sold and manufactured all over the world, someone would have spilled the beans about the recipe by now. But these people are serious about maintaining secrecy. Coca-Cola ships ingredients to factories as a set of merchandises, numbered 1 through 9. Except for some unknown reason, the seventh ingredient is marked 7X, which isn't creepy at all. It's theorized that Coca-Cola gets its name from the coca plant and cola, nuts. Coca-Cola hasn't used the coca plant since 1903, and there isn't any concrete evidence that they used cola either, although the name suggests it. Allegedly, some of the ingredients in Coca-Cola are vanilla extract, lime juice, caramel, and essential oils with orange, cinnamon, lemon, coriander, nutmeg, and maybe even lavender. We can't know for sure, but at least for now, the secret formula with no known carcinogens remains safely locked away in a vault at Coca-Cola headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. Now let's talk about a lawsuit that shook the music industry. Today, in 2015, the family of Marvin Gaye won a record $7.3 million lawsuit for copyright infringement against Robin Thicke, Pharrell Williams, and T.I. This was two years after the release of Robin Thicke's song, Blurred Lines, which featured Pharrell and T.I. You might remember Blurred Lines both for its infectiously catchy beat, as well for the conversation that ignited over its coercive, misogynistic lyrics. But for the Marvin Gaye estate, the lyrics weren't what they were concerned about. It was the fact that the song sounded eerily similar to Gaye's Got to Give It Up, which came out in 1977. When it comes to music, copyright infringement is tricky. Where does taking influence end and plagiarizing begin? Even Stevie Wonder told the gay family not to bother. No one thought they would win. Blurred lines didn't copy gay's lyrics or melodies, but the court decided that the feel of the rhythm was close enough to call it copyright infringement. So the gay family won the lawsuit. This decision fundamentally changed what it meant to violate copyright in music. How do you measure the feel of music? Robin Thicke and Pharrell appealed the verdict, dragging out the lawsuit for another few years, but in 2018, the legal battle ended after five years. The gay family still victorious. And now for today's final segment, I'm going to look into my own photo archives and see what I was up to on a March 10th in my life. I don't really know if I was doing anything exciting on March 10th. March 10th, 2018, I have a photo here of a drawing that I did. And it, I think, I don't even know what the inspiration behind it was, but it's a little strawberry and I still think it's really cute. Visual art is always something that I've enjoyed doing. And recently I've been trying to get back into it as a form of just personal practice. Cause I think that it's a really nice thing to have as somebody who 
turned her hobby into a job. Doing music and doing that for a living is wonderful, but I think it's still important to keep routines for yourself that are solely for you and for nobody else. And so visual arts is something that I've been trying to dive back into and going back to my origins even as a person. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from yesteryear. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's three.